In today's episode, we're going over an evidence-based guide to exercise prescription after ACL reconstruction surgery. Let's do it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your support. You truly allow me to do what I love for a living. My name is Dan Pope. I am a physical therapist, I'm a personal trainer, and I am a meathead. I love all things fitness. This is the Fitness Pain-Free Show, where we help coaches and physical therapists like you get your patients out of pain and back in the gym where they belong. If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit that like button, comment, and subscribe. It helps me out a ton. If you want to help me out even more, leave a positive rating to this podcast wherever you're listening to it, all right? If you really want to go that extra step and support me, consider subscribing to Fitness Pain-Free Insiders. It's a comprehensive educational resource and toolkit for the fitness and rehab professional. It's kind of like Netflix, but for physical therapists and personal trainers. It's all created by me, and I've been updating this monthly for the past five to six years or so. Uh, you've got over 100 webinars, ebooks, and complete guides. You have access to a private Facebook group. Have all your questions answered by me. You can decide upcoming podcast topics, and it's only one dollar to get started. After that, it's twelve ninety nine per month. Afterwards, super duper cheap, and you can cancel at any time. So, if you really want to support me, this is the way to do it. And if you want to continue your education with me, this is the next logical step. So I'll leave a link in the show notes, but if you want to check it out, you can also go to fitnesspainfree.com, click on the programs tab, and click on Fitness Pain-Free Insiders Online Library, and you can get started. I've got another freebie for you today, so you can follow along pretty easily with the lesson, and also you can reference some of the things I talk about in today's lesson quite easily. I've made an evidence-based guide to exercise selection for ACL reconstruction infographic, and like I said, it's got the bullet point of excuse me bullet points of today's lessons. Uh, some of the things that we answer are why do we care about exercise selection after ACL reconstruction, how to dose exercise for ACL patients, and when is it safe to start open chain knee extensions. You can check this out. I'll put a link in the bio. All right. That way you can follow along and you can go back and just check out the things you learned about today in today's lesson. Okay. So you're listening to part two of a two-part lecture series on ACL reconstruction exercise guidelines. If you missed part one, we went in depth on closed chain exercises like squatting, lunging, step-ups, etc. Uh, in part two, we're going to start going over open chain exercises. So if you missed part one and you're just starting here, I highly recommend you stop the video right now, right? And go to part one and listen to that, all right? I'll put the link in the show notes, so definitely check it out. But if you've already listened to it, great. Moving on to part two right now. Next, let's talk a little bit about open chain knee extensions, right? So what's the difference between closed chain and open chain? Okay, so remember, when you do an open chain knee extension, the quad is very active and there's no opposition from the hamstring, okay? And because of that, we're getting more anterior translation of the tibia, more tugging on the ACL graft, all right? And what they found was open chain knee extensions, simply more stress on the ACL, in closed chain exercises like squats and lunges, right? So this is a stat directly from the paper using 40% of your one rep max load during leg press, body weight forward lunge, and step ups all had less stress on the ACL than unloaded open chain knee extension. This was an in vivo study. So that's kind of the gold standard for determining how much stress is going on the ACL. Okay. So squats, loaded lunges, so lunges and step-ups all had less stress on the ACL than an open chain knee extension with zero weight, okay? So keep that in mind because that's going to be really important as you start to ramp up loading in the gym. 
So next, I want to go over common gym exercises and how much stress they place on the ACL. Okay. Now, keep in mind, these numbers are not in vivo studies. These are biomechanical models, right? So someone trying to figure out how much stress goes on the ACL without actually doing the in vivo study. All right. I'm going to read these off for you, but you can obviously check them out. You can pause this if you're watching this on YouTube and just read through them. So we're going to go in order of least stress to most stress. Okay. So a leg press with a 12 rep max was zero newtons of peak force through the ACL. Okay. So this can be a little bit confusing because the leg press is actually an open chain exercise. The torso is fixed while the legs move. All right. But the thing about a leg press is that it looks very similar to a squat. And when you're doing a leg press, you have a co-contraction of the quads and hamstrings. So there's a, a net zero amount of force through the ACL. Okay. A 12 rep max squat, zero newtons of force through the ACL, a forward lunge, 12 rep max, zero newtons of force through the ACL. Now, what I will say about lunges is that in these studies, they're looking at stress on the, for the um, excuse me, uh, front side knee. Okay. So if I'm doing a lunge, they're looking at the front side knee stress. Uh, one of the things I think about a lot is the backside knee. Was the backside knee or the trail leg knee, the quad is going to be very active and the hamstring is going to be not very active. Okay. The hips are just not in a good position to uh, produce force, right? At least the hamstrings, right? And the backside of a lunge. So my thought is that the backside uh, knee on a lunge is probably a similar amount of stress as open chain knee extension, just because you have your quad very active and the hamstrings not. Okay. Uh, however, I wasn't able to find any research on ACL graft strain in the rear leg. Uh, these studies are looking at the forward leg. Okay. These side lunge 12 rep max, also zero newtons of force through the ACL An open chain knee extension between 90 and 50 degrees of knee flexion, also zero degrees or excuse me, zero newtons of force through the ACL. Very, very safe. A one legged squat with a 12 rep max, 59 newtons of force through the ACL. Okay. So starting to get a little bit of stress through that ACL level ground walking. So just walking around on the ground, peak force of 303 newtons of stress through the ACL. Okay. And that's crazy to me. So think about, you know, 12 rep max squat, no stress through the ACL, and then just walking around the ground, right? After you finish your set, 300 newtons of force. Okay. A seated knee extension, 12 rep max, Peak force is around 250 newtons, okay? So that's interesting to me as well because we just made a big hubbub about seated knee extension being more stressful on the ACL. But if you look at the amount of stress on the ACL, seated knee extension, this is a full range of motion. Uh, it's about the same amount of stress, even a little bit less than just walking around, right? If you do a drop landing, so if you're on a box and you jump off of the box and land, that's going to be 253 newtons of force through the ACL. That's a double leg landing. And if you look at single leg landing from a running to a stop position, that's 1,294 newtons of force through the ACL. Okay. So, you know, just to recap, closed chain exercises, and we're going to lump leg press into this very, very safe for the ACL. If you look at open chain knee extension, it starts to be a bit more stressed. So 250 newtons of force with a 12 rep max. Also keep in mind, that walking is going to be 300 newtons of force through the ACL. Okay. If we do double legged plyometrics, like a drop landing, the stress is around 253 newtons. 
just makes a lot of sense. As you progress through rehab, we probably want to introduce plyometric to two legs before we do single legs. Because if you look at a single leg landing from running to a stop, which is quite a bit of stress with that knee, that is 1,294 newtons. So much, much higher than even a seated uh, knee extension, right? Which we just talked about can be a little bit more dangerous based on the stress that we have through the ACL. We'll talk a little bit more about the safety of open chain knee extensions in a bit. All right. But spoiler alert, I am not the expert here. I'm going to tell you to, to use your gut based on the research that I'll present. Okay. So this brings us to our next question. Are open kinetic chain knee extension safe after ACL reconstruction surgery? Okay. And I was looking at a study here from JOSPT in 2018. It's Perriman et al., it's called the effect of open versus closed chain kinetic chain exercises on anterior tibial laxity, strength, and function following ACL reconstruction, a systematic review and meta-analysis. So they looked at a bunch of different studies to try to answer this question, okay? If I incorporate open kinetic chain knee extensions, is that going to change the amount of laxity, right, in the ACL? Is that going to change the amount of strength or function after I've had surgery? And here's what their conclu excuse me, conclusion was. There is limited to moderate quality evidence of no difference in anterior tibial laxity, strength, patient reported function, or physical function with early or late introduction of open kinetic chain exercises in the ACL reconstruction population when compared to closed kinetic chain exercises at all follow-up time points. Okay. Now, this is interesting to me because if you start early or if you start late, it doesn't seem to change much of everything, much of anything based on this statement. Okay. So that's kind of cool. However, if you dig a little bit deeper into this study and start to look at some of the articles that they included. So if you start to dig a little bit into the studies they included, one of these studies introduced open chain knee extension full range at 12 weeks. And they introduced open chain partial range knee extension at four weeks between 50 and 90 degrees. Like we discussed earlier, that's very little stress on the ACL. So really, they only increase the amount of stress on the ACL starting at 12 weeks, right? And in this study in particular, they showed no change in laxity of the ACL over the course of time. Okay, so very safe. However, in another study... Hygiene at all, I apologize, I'm probably butchering that name. They introduced open kinetic chain exercises at four weeks in a partial range, so a very safe range, and they progressed to full knee extension at six weeks post-op, okay? So in the first study I mentioned, they introduced this at 12 weeks. In this study, they introduced it at six weeks. So partial at four, then fully range of motion at six, Okay. And in this study, they actually had a significant degree of laxity in these folks. All right. So it may have been, excuse me, it may have been a little bit early to introduce that full range of motion for these athletes. A little tough to tell. Like I said before, uh, this research is not the best. The authors had the conclusion that this is kind of moderate quality, not the best quality. And at the end of the day, we probably are going to need more research to figure out whether or not it's safe to do open chain knee extensions. Uh, particularly through uh, zero to 90 degrees, right? So that full range of motion. We're not really sure quite yet. So one mentor of mine is Kevin Wilk, okay? He was a mentor for Mike Reinold, who's subsequently my boss, okay? Both of those guys are mentors, so I like their opinion. Um, and he had an editorial in IGSPT in 2021, 
And he's referring to Bainin et al., the American Journal of Sports Medicine, 2011. Uh, basically, both of the people, both of the groups in this study use open kinetic chain exercises. One had the exercise introduced earlier, one introduced later. And the issue is that they both actually lengthened over the course of time. Okay. And the thing is, the lengthening actually correlated with increases in activity, right? Which may not have been the open kinetic chain exercise that caused the lengthening. Maybe it was just they incorporated more activity in general, more plyometrics, more running, whatever it is. That places quite a bit of stress in the ACL. Might not have been the open kinetic chain exercises. But that being said, Kevin Wilk is a proponent of open kinetic chain, but he's not a proponent of heavy open kinetic chain exercises until six to nine months. Okay. That seems like a long time and we don't really know what heavy means, right? We'll talk about that in a minute. If you follow Lynn Snyder Mackler, so also a very prolific writer speaker about ACL reconstruction, she actually really likes open kinetic chain exercises, believes them to be much safer than Kevin Wilk does, right? In fact, this editorial was directly in response uh, to Lynn Snyder Mackler, right? From Kevin Wilk saying, Hey, I think we have to be a little bit more careful than you're saying with open kinetic chain exercises. Uh, that being said, if you want to see when uh, Lynn Snyder Mackler is comfortable introducing full range of motion knee extensions, I will leave the University of Delaware ACL reconstruction protocol in the show notes for you to check out. Uh, but spoiler alert, they start open kinetic chain knee extensions at week one. All right. So right after someone has surgery, they're doing open kinetic chain, right? Um, obviously this is pretty quick and you can see there's a large variance in opinions from some of the top experts out there. Again, this is from Kevin Wilk, IJSPT, right? 2021. He's not a proponent of heavy open kinetic chain knee extensions until six to nine months. And this is coming directly from the paper until the graft has incorporated into the osseous tunnels and graft maturation has occurred. Open kinetic chain knee extension exercise performed at low load are safe and are safer to use from 90 to 40 degrees of knee flexion range of motion. So it looks like Kevin really likes lighter weight knee extensions, and he's even more of a fan of doing these from 90 to 40 degrees of flexion. And I think he's being abundantly cautious not to stretch the ACL reconstruction graft. So should you use open kinetic chain knee extensions after ACL reconstruction? Okay. So first and foremost, I don't have the answer. If I knew exact, if I was saying like, hey, it's safe or it's not safe, I think I'd be just lying to you because the research is not completely clear, all right? Looks like experts are having success with rehabilitation on either end of the spectrum. So there's probably a lot of variance and gray in terms of what's okay, all right? So again, I don't have the answer, but based on some of the research we have here, it seems like if you want to do open kinetic chain exercises in the first four weeks, then you should probably do lighter loads somewhere between 90 to 40 degrees, all right? And if you want to progress to open kinetic chain exercises based on these studies, it seems to be safe to do that starting at 12 weeks, all right? However, you can also consider using lighter loads at this time period, similar to what Kevin Wilk talks about. And what I like to do is use blood flow restriction training right? Because we only need to use 20% of someone's one rep max, and that's going to give us similar improvements in strength and hypertrophy as heavier loads, all right? Seems like a match made in heaven, and that's actually something I use a ton 
in my post-op ACL reconstruction so we can get that quad going with less stress on the ACL graft, right? Maybe over the course of time, you progress those loads slowly. And then when you get to six, nine months, we can go heavier, right? And last piece is I, I think you should really use your clinical reasoning, and this should vary based on the patient that you're working with, okay? So there seem to be better short-term outcomes from using uh, open kinetic chain exercises, both in quad strength as well as function. So things like hopping and running, jumping, all that stuff kind of cleans up faster if we get the quad going earlier, right? But then look at this stat from the last study I just mentioned. It's it's number three, right? If you want to check out the references, uh, there's no difference in anterior tibial laxity, strength, patient reported function, or physical function with late or early introduction of open chain knee exercises in the ACL reconstruction population. When compared to closed kinetic chain, which is supposed to be much more safe, at all follow-up time points, all right? So this study showed that if you introduce open kinetic chain earlier or later or not at all, you have the same exact strength of the quads through all time periods. All right. So you can kind of make that argument that you might not need to do open kinetic chain. All right. And here's the other piece. You should be testing your athletes and seeing if they're weak. So if you have an athlete that's at three months and that quad is super duper weak, I'd be concerned. And I would say, I am more willing to incorporate more open connect chain exercises for you because your quad looks like applesauce and that's a bad thing. We need to make sure that gets better over the course of time. All right. However, if I have someone at the 12 week mark and we test your strength and it's almost symmetrical, almost nearly symmetrical at that point, then I'm starting to think maybe we don't need to do more isolation work of that quad. Okay. Of course, we're going to continue training it. We don't need to go nuts with a lot of open chain exercises. Right. And the other piece is that I'm confused when Kevin Wilk says light loads versus heavy loads. What does it actually mean? Well, at least for me, a lighter load is probably 15 plus repetitions. Okay. So maybe early on in rehab at the 12 week mark, when you're doing open connect chain exercises, you're doing more blood flow restriction and you're also doing higher rep. So 15 plus repetitions. Okay. All right. That's probably going to be a little less stress on the ACL than doing five rep maxes on knee extension. All right. So that just makes sense to me. The other thing we can do is use more quad dominant closed chain exercises. Okay. So we just chatted about this. So let's say someone is lacking in quad strength. They're around 12 weeks out. Okay. We're still a little concerned with doing heavier open connect chain exercises. Can we focus on the quad in a bit safer way? Of course we can. Right. So if I use a heels elevated squat or heels elevated lunge or step up, that's all going to increase stress on the quad decrease stress on the hip and hamstring, but you still get that hamstring co-contraction, right? We can also make our exercises more quad dominant. So let's say if I'm picking something like a, a sissy squat with a turn on the extension, but I keep my hips back just slightly, you're probably getting a lot of quad, but you're getting a little bit of hip and hamstring. And that might be enough to take off some of the stress on the ACL to be a bit safer. Okay. And I think the last thing I really want to talk about is, does it even matter? right? So if you look at some of these numbers we talked about earlier, so open kinetic chain knee extensions with a 12 rep max, which to me is pretty heavy. You're going as hard as you possibly can for 12 reps. That was 248 newtons of force through the ACL. Okay. But if I do a single leg landing from running, that's 1,294 newtons, right? Was that like five times more stressful, right? 
And then if you're going to play in a game situation, so if I play soccer, you may do hundreds or thousands of repetitions of this onto the ACL, right? And we're concerned about open kinetic chain knee extension. It doesn't make a ton of sense, all right? So at least in my mind, we probably need to be much more careful about the introduction of plyometric exercises than open kinetic chain. Despite open kinetic chain being important, it's probably not as important as return to sport, return to plyometrics, progression of plyometrics over the course of time. However, open chain is super popular. It's big on social media. I think the plyometrics talk is probably much more important, and we're not talking about that quite as much. All right, so maybe a bit later I'll talk about plyometrics and return to sport. Uh, this is not the topic for today, so I apologize. If you guys want a very, very in-depth guide to exercise prescription and progressions for knee pain, like ACL reconstruction, but as well as patellofemoral pain, meniscus pathology, and a couple others, then definitely consider subscribing to Fitness Pain-Free Insiders. Inside of there, I have a lecture called Exercise Prescription and Progression, excuse me, Progressions for the Knee. We go super in-depth on where to start exercise-wise and how to progress over the course of time, uh, how to know when you need to pull back, when you have to pull forward, uh, the differences and the nuances between different pathologies. I go super in-depth. So I'll put a link in the show notes to check this out, fitnesspainfree.com. Click on the programs link, click on Fitness Pain-Free Insiders Online Library, and check out this exercise prescription and progressions for the knee lecture. Great next step for learning more about exercise prescription and knee pain. If you want to check out the references, I've left them all in the show notes. If you want to argue or debate or talk about any of these studies, I love hearing about it. Let me know in the comment section. And lastly, I just want to extend a very big thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you got some good information from this. If you want to support me, hit that like button, comment, subscribe, leave a positive rating and review. It helps me out tremendously. And I'll see you guys on the next one.